on our scripture reading today, if you would, if you would, uh, each of the pews has a Bible in there. If you would get that Bible out, uh, page 1028, it's going to be Matthew 18, 21 through 35 is 1028 page and 1029. If you've got the large print, it's page 1527 and 1528. If you have a mobile device, uh, phone, you're welcome to use that, please. Again, it's uh, Matthew 18, 21 through 35. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but seventy-seven times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servant. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. The servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The service master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denalis. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, Be patient with me, and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he went off, had the man thrown into prison until he could not pay the debt, until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what happened, they were greatly distressed and went and told him, their master, everything that had happened. Then the master called his servant in, you wicked servant, he said. I canceled all the debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I have had on you? In anger, his master turned him over to the jailer to be tortured until he was paid back all he owed. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from the heart. All right. Well, good to be here with you today. I think y'all need to stretch or something. I don't know. You don't have to, I'm not going to make you stand up, but I'm just telling you, it's a little bit of a, it was a cloudy day, but I'm looking out the window. The sun is out. It's okay to stretch. It's okay to smile a little bit. All is not lost. We're here today talking about uh, keys to freedom, but before I do that, I want to mention something. Um, we've been talking about just not from the stage, but you know, this time of year we usually have a fall festival, and so maybe you've heard some talking about: Are we having a fall festival? Are we not having a fall festival? Are we, we are, or we're not. We are, or we're not. So anyway, this year we're not going to do like the big community one. It didn't come together in time, but we're going to still have a fall party for our kids. And uh, so I put up a, a sign-up sheet out in the welcome center out there, and um, so we'll do this on October 24th. And if you can. 
help out in any way, uh, just put your name down. If you've got something in particular you'd like to do uh, or bring or whatever, then you can write that down beside it and we can be in touch with you as we kind of pull this together uh, for the 24th. Uh, so kind of a, a lot of our youth are in a younger age bracket now too, especially our Wednesday night crew. And so uh, we will let them participate in it too. But uh, so kids, if they want to come in costumes or whatever, and just have a, we're just going to have like a little fall party in there for them. So I uh, wanted to mention that to you. Uh, Brett's going to remind you at the end not to forget to sign up for something out there so we can get that thing rolling. So thank you for uh, let me share that real quick. We've been in this series uh, where we've said that freedom is not found by behaving different, by, by becoming different. And so we've been talking about how do we become different? How do we get set free to live the life that God designed us to live? And that's the heart of the gospel is not to fix your uh, behaviors or to modify your behaviors, but to change who you are from the inside out, to be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit and uh, through the gospel and through the word of uh, Jesus Christ. And so uh, that's the heart of what this series has been about. Uh, we've said that you won't leave it perfect but that you can leave equipped. And one of the things we have to be equipped to do is this thing called forgiveness that we're tackling today. And I don't know if there's anything more central to the gospel that causes more confusion and hesitancy in believers than this simple word, forgiveness. I mean, we all like it in principle until we have to do it, right? We all like forgiveness, the idea when people forgive us. We like the idea of God forgiving us, and other people ought to forgive us, but there's some situations where we don't feel like forgiveness is even appropriate, or that we just don't feel like it's, it's fair to ask anyone to forgive in certain scenarios. And some of that may stem from a misunderstanding of what forgiveness is, and some of that may just stem from our own selfish wanting to hold on to whatever anger and bitterness that we're holding against someone and not let it go. We have our own reasons for wanting to hold on to that. It's natural in our, in our flesh, in our human nature, in our sinful nature to hold on to things rather than letting them go. And so let's talk about forgiveness today. Uh, you know, Jesus once was asked by his disciples, teach us to pray. Right? And he gave what's called the Lord's Prayer. It's a... It's a model prayer, a prayer after which we can model our prayers to God to pray in a similar fashion. And if you know it, word it, uh, you know, mouth it along with me or say it, although we probably all have our different versions, and that's okay, we can just make a joyful noise version. So this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, I know some of y'all know it, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. See, that's where the translation gets crazy. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. We'll stop there. You know, Jesus in Matthew chapter 6 where he taught and gave that prayer. He stopped there and then he talked about one particular part of that prayer. He expounded on it a little bit. He explained a little bit. 
what would you guess that part is? Maybe the daily bread, or, or maybe uh, just delivering us from evil. But no, he, he said, For if you forgive other people, I mean, this wasn't even the last thing in the prayer, but he goes back to it after he's done teaching them and says, If you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Come again? Did he just say that? Did Jesus just lay down an ultimatum? That's a verse we'd just as soon breeze on by. Really? Did Jesus say, if, if I don't forgive others, then God won't forgive me? So let's pay attention to this one, huh? That's, that got my attention this week. That and a very similar, a similar thing said in Matthew 18 that we just read. So, so in, uh, in the passage we just read, Peter comes to Jesus. He comes to Jesus and he says, uh, Lord, so you say I'm supposed to forgive. Alright, so what, like seven times? I'm thinking this, I think, I'm thinking Peter must have been having a problem with his brother Andrew, Right? Like, he'd probably forgiven his brother Andrew a lot of times, and he's had it. But he's heard Jesus talk about this. He's heard him say, if you don't forgive others, you follow. So he's, got, he's like, okay, time out. <laughs> I need some more details here, Jesus. Like, surely you don't mean that indefinitely, because Andrew's doing it again. And I can't handle it anymore. So how many more times do I have to forgive him? You know, I think I may have already been there. I'm not seven, so how about seven? <laughs> in, their, in their culture uh, numbers were a big deal seven was a number of completion so Peter's like you know seven a complete package of forgiveness I have offered forgiveness seven times I'm done so does that work Jesus and Jesus says not even close and don't get hung up on the number that Jesus says Jesus is not the least bit interested in keeping a tally of how many times you've forget, forgiven people. And, and he'd probably be mortified if you started keeping a, a tally of how many times you've forgiven people. It's not about how many times you've forgiven them. It's about this principle of forgiveness. So Jesus tells a story to make his point clear. And he tells about this, uh, this king, this lord, this master. I don't, I don't know if you've studied in, in history, like even in medieval times where there would be a, a lord and then serfs, right? Or tenant farmers and things like that, where he would, he would own all the land around and he would have his castle on it. And then, uh, you know, these people would work his land and they'd get to keep a little bit of it, but they had to give a lot of it to him. And, and then when they got on hard times, who did they go to? They were all dirt poor, so they all came to the guy with the money and he would loan them something. And, uh, and then they would have to work to pay it back and it was a cruel system but it's the system that the world has more or less lived on for most of human history a few have had most of the wealth and most have had almost none of the wealth and so so it was in Jesus day and so he tells this story about a guy who 
uh, man, he, there were people who owed him money and probably he had been loaning money out and sooner or later one of his bills came due and he was like, ooh, it's time for me to start collecting a little bit on some of my debts so that I can pay my own debts. And so he goes out and starts collecting. Well, this guy owed him a ton of money. I mean, the money is, the amount is so exaggerated. Like, I mean, it's like 10,000 bags of gold. Yeah, like, okay, Jesus is trying to make a point. And so the guy comes and he says, I don't have it. And so as was the legal right, the guy said, okay, well, I'm going to recoup my money one way or another. So I'll sell off everything you have and I'll sell off you and your family too and uh, at least make something back. Now, how many of you are liking your uh, modern day creditors that call you and pester you a little bit better now? <laughs> like, Everyone hates those, you know, phone calls of you, you owe us money, give, you know, we, we hate the phone call. These guys were like, mm, we're selling you into slavery, you know, so it could be worse. There are worse, worse debt systems than what we've got. But then again, I bet theirs was pretty effective. Like, pay it back or else, you know. Yeah, we'll figure it out. So this guy falls on his knees and says, please don't sell me off into slavery. You know, I, I promise I'll pay it back. And this guy, this Lord, has mercy on him and feels pity and compassion towards him and forgives the debt. Again, Jesus is telling this outlandish story. Like, that wouldn't happen. This guy, then, should be ecstatic, right? His huge debt has just been erased. He doesn't even have to pay it back. And he walks out and, and someone that owes him money comes across his path and he says, hey, pay up. You know, 10,000 bags of gold is what he had owed this guy, you know, 100 silver coins or something like that. I mean, it's just pennies in comparison. And, and the guy can't pay it. And so he sends him off to be beaten until he does pay it, basically. They're going to beat it out of him. Some people see this happening and they go and tell the Lord, so, that guy you forgave, guess what he's been doing? And you know how it goes, it's not good. It's not, it doesn't end pretty for that fellow. And we don't feel sorry for him, do we? I mean, good grief. No one said at the end of that story, well, that wasn't fair. What happened to that guy? No, that guy was a jerk. Can you believe it? Was, I mean, what he did was despicable. What, you know, what the Lord did in return to that, what that king did, it was what was justly deserved, and everyone agrees on that. So then, Jesus turns the tables, right? Isn't that how God has treated us? In that we owed a debt we could never pay. And he forgave it in full when we sought forgiveness and we repented, you know. And now if we then go likewise and withhold forgiveness, how are we different from the guy in that story? Someone right now is probably uh, really uncomfortable because there's some sort of forgiveness that you've been withholding that doesn't feel like something that you have within your power to give or to do. It feels impossible. 
you would maybe say, preacher, pastor, you don't understand. And I think that's where, you know, that's where the disciples were. That's where Peter was like, hang on, Jesus, let's get some details here. Surely you don't mean this in full. And Jesus responds with this story. Oh, yes, I do. But I want to talk about a couple things that maybe will give us some clarity. And maybe will set your mind at ease a little bit about what Jesus meant when he said all this. Maybe some context. When he said, this is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. I read that and I read that passage in Matthew 6 after the prayer where he said, if you don't forgive, your father won't forgive you. And I thought, I ought to get to the bottom of what this word forgive meant to Jesus. At least closer to what it meant to Jesus because, you know, this is our English translation. And so I went back and looked at the Greek word in the original New Testament as it was written. And that word forgive was actually the same word they use for divorce sometimes. And that was weird. I thought, that's, how does that work? So I had to look a little, dig a little deeper. And, and it turns out it's a combination of two words in the Greek. Just like a lot of our words put together, you know, a prefix and a suffix. And you have like two meanings and it gets meshed into one word. Well, this is kind of the same thing uh, where one means to throw or to cast and one means to separate and so it's like to cast away to throw off and so in the case of a marriage if you do this word then you are casting your spouse away in terms of relationships and and forgiveness versus revenge you're letting go your rights to hold on to your anger your bitterness your rights for revenge does that kind of make sense it's really probably the best way to describe it is, is to let it go. But just to clarify, that idea of letting it go is not to say that if someone does something awful, that the judge should let them go if they're guilty. It's not to say that you should let them go and abuse you again. It's not to say that you should let go of your distrust where distrust has been earned. It's not to say that you let go of healthy boundaries that should be in place. But it is to say that you let go of your need to get even. You let go of your desire for them to suffer harm. You let go of your anger and your bitterness, of your hate. You just let it go. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> I won't finish, but you're still going to have it stuck in your head all day. Gotcha. <laughs> we let it go. And Jesus seems to be saying that until you let it go, you won't be capable of receiving God's forgiveness. I heard this described as the air in our lungs. You can breathe in air but then you can't take any more in until you exhale, right? There's only so much you can breathe in until you have to exhale or you can't take any more. And so it is with forgiveness. You have to breathe it out to breathe it in. In some sense you have to be willing to forgive 
in order to receive forgiveness. And the creator of you and I and this world understands that and tells us this is how his world is designed to operate. And we can't find forgiveness when we're holding on. Sorry, let me find the right slide. Yeah, you can't be forgiven if you are unwilling to forgive. And here's the deal. Freedom is not found in holding on, but in letting go. Freedom is not found in holding on, but in letting, in letting go. Forgiveness has kind of two components to it. Perhaps the most obvious is that it has the potential to heal human relationships. Rather than letting the anger and brokenness fester until it bursts into some kind of violence or conflict that wounds people further. So there's a relational component to it. But there's also an internal component to it. I heard this quote, I haven't been able to find out who said it, but several people have said things like it. Withholding forgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Have you ever heard something like that before? Withholding forgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. That there's this sense when, when you're withholding forgiveness from someone, when you're holding on to your anger and your bitterness and your right for revenge, that it's you that are bound in chains. Nothing. I want to mention one more thing about the context that Jesus was speaking into when he said, if you don't forgive, uh, then your father won't forgive you. And this is kind of, I even debated whether to share it because I don't want to let anyone off the hook on forgiving. <laughs> We're at, absolutely need to forgive no matter who it is or what the situation is like I say for your own sake you're not going to find freedom apart from forgiveness but just to go back to that uh, to that notion that idea the thing that Jesus was saying that sounded like an ultimatum that it was an ultimatum wasn't it I want to put it in its context both in Matthew 6 and in Matthew 18 where he talks about it the, just take that story for instance a guy came and begged for forgiveness and the master granted it another one came and begged for forgiveness and it was not granted in the Lord's prayer the idea is we're asking God for forgiveness but are we forgiving those who are asking us for forgiveness? The point I believe that Jesus was trying to make, oh, this is my best understanding of it, so I'm not putting this down as law, but this is my best understanding of it. The point that Jesus is trying to make is, if, you, if someone comes to you and asks for forgiveness, and you re withhold it and reject it, this is explicitly said in, in Luke's Gospel. 
If they come and repent to you, you keep forgiving. Because this is what you've done to God. Like, really, it would be disgusting for you to withhold forgiveness from someone. If you think about it. Considering how much God has forgiven you when you came and asked God to forgive you. So no matter how much they owe you, if they come with their hat in their hand and they ask you for forgiveness and you withhold that from them, there's something messed up about that. And I think Jesus is saying, you haven't even really experienced God's forgiveness if you're still capable of withholding forgiveness from someone else. Because when God forgives you, the debt was more than you could ever repay. The debt was more than anyone could ever owe you. And yet he came and forgave it freely. He doesn't ask you to pay any of it back. And if someone comes to you, confessing and repenting, and you withhold forgiveness, then Jesus says, don't expect to be forgiven. So then, does that mean that we don't have to forgive people who don't come asking us for forgiveness? Or that we shouldn't forgive people who don't ask us for forgiveness? By no means. Absolutely, we should forgive everyone. Jesus taught us to even love our enemies and to pray for them. And as we've said, there's something about forgiveness, the letting go, that frees you for the life that God desires for you. And there's something about holding on to it and your need for revenge that keeps you bound in chains and you'll never experience the life that God designed you for that way. So, if you want to enjoy the life that God designed you for, you'll need to practice forgiveness. So let's talk about that just real at a practical level real fast. And if you went through the study this week, probably none of this will be really new to you. But the first thing that you need to do is to recognize unforgiveness in your life. And that may be not as obvious as you would think it would be. But if you think about relationships that are in your life, that maybe you have conflict with, you know, every time you get together with that person, the conversation ends poorly, or you end up feeling angry and bitter inside, or uh, you don't even want to go see them, or you don't want to go to their house, or, you know, wherever there's that kind of tension in the air, look for unforgiveness. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Search your heart for unforgiveness. You know, Jesus even taught that if you're going to pray, and the apostles taught that if you're going to take communion, and you realize that you're not right with a brother in Christ or a sister in Christ, then you should go and make it right first. And then come and deal with God. So we have to seek it out. We have to recognize it in our life. Secondly, we have to choose to forgive. And I found this part of our study this week really interesting. I don't know if you did too. Sometimes we think of forgiveness strictly as a feeling, right? That, and we're trying to like make ourselves feel a certain way. And that's hard to do. It's hard to force your emotions to feel a certain way, right? Your emotions kind of have a mind of their own, it seems. 
And, and so if you're just trying to like conjure up this feeling of goodwill towards someone and it's not happening and you're like, oh, I can't forgive them, uh, then you know, maybe you're barking up the wrong tree. Forgiveness is a choice to let go of your rights, to hold this against them, to wish for their harm, to seek revenge. You're letting all that go. You're turning them over to God. And that's a choice. Something you do from, with, with willpower, right? Like, and you may have to do it over and over and over again. You may have to do it daily. I choose to let this go. No, I'm not going to hold on to it. And then over time, those emotions may follow your will. Your choice to forgive. But don't wait around on forgiving someone until you feel it. <laughs> because those emotions die hard. So we recognize unforgiveness in our life. We choose to forgive. And, and maybe third, we just recognize it's a process, like we just said. That it's not usually something that just you snap your fingers and boom. Feeling great. It's, it's something you work through with the Holy Spirit's power in your life. As we determine to forgive, then the Holy Spirit comes alongside us and gives us the strength to live that out and to persevere through it. And He begins to work in our hearts and in our minds to transform the way that we feel about the situation. And to bring that freedom into our life that we can find through forgiveness, through choosing to let go. I was thinking about sort of an inspirational story to end with. And the one that I couldn't get away from, well, it's actually kind of two stories I'm weaving into one, but was Jesus himself on the cross. I don't know if you have heard about that moment or you remember that moment, but as Jesus was hanging there on the cross in great suffering, being mocked and scorned, being spat upon, cursed he looked down at his abusers at his murderers and he said father forgive them if you ever wondered how seriously Jesus takes his instruction that we can't be forgiven without forgiving that forgiveness is just part of this Christian life look no further than the cross and this is what I love about the gospel is that the author of our faith never asks us to do something that he himself is not willing to do. You know, so many religions and cults and things you hear about, it's like, y'all do this, I'm going to watch. <laughs> you know, Y'all do this and I'm going to get rich. You give me your money, you give me your wives, you give me whatever. There's crazy religions. That, but with Jesus, man, it's like, do this. Now watch me do this. Watch me do this beyond what you could even imagine yourself doing. Watch me forgive. How far do I want you to take forgiveness? Well, let me show you. And, and there's part of us, though, that looks at that and we say, well, that's Jesus. And he's like Superman. 
nobody would expect us to forgive someone in that same situation. Surely God would not even expect us to forgive. Surely it's not even realistic to think that that would be possible for anyone other than Jesus. Who are we kidding? So I thought of another story. Just a few years after that occurred. Maybe less than that. Maybe just a few months after that occurred. The church had just sprung into existence. And they began to suffer persecution from the same sorts of people that crucified Jesus. And one day, a young man named Stephen was preaching in the streets of Jerusalem the resurrected Jesus. And they said he was blaspheming God. And a man named Saul, who we'd later come to know as Paul, seemed to be the ringleader of those who picked up stones to kill him. They handed him their coats. He hung on to them and watched as they pounded Stephen to death with rocks. And as they did this, Stephen, just an ordinary guy, like you and me, he's no God-man, he's no Superman. He said, Lord, don't hold this sin against him. He let it go. So many times we hold on to our right for revenge. When someone hits us, we want to strike back. Even at a national level, we fall into this trap often. Did Jesus really mean that we should forgive? It seemed to me that he showed us clearly on the cross. And if we thought that that wasn't for us to model, then why did Stephen do the same? Clearly he thought it was something for him to model. I wonder if he heard Jesus speak those words from the cross, Father, forgive. Or if he had just heard the disciples tell about it. Unbelievable. So is it possible to forgive? Is it possible when someone has hurt you and done something so unjust and so evil, is it possible to let it go? To let go of your rights for revenge and to entrust it to God? Yes. It's possible. It's been done before. Before we pray, who do you need to forgive? Is it a friend? Family member? An enemy? Who do you need to forgive? Is it God? Sometimes we hold grudges against God. Why did he let this happen? Why did he do that? Why did this happen to them? Is it yourself? 
Some of us are wired in a way that like, we just can't let ourselves off the hook. I should have done this. I should. What if I had said? Who do you need to forgive? And would you begin the process of choosing to forgive today by just saying the same words that Stephen said, Lord, don't hold this sin against them. Choose to let it go. Choose to wish for their best. You know, wishing for someone's best doesn't mean that you're wishing for a close relationship with them even. It's just meaning that you want them to find God and get their lives right too. That you want what's best for them in the long run too. That's, that's a big thing to wish for. If Stephen could pray for it in that moment, then we can too. It's a beautiful way of letting go just to ask God to bless someone. Let, him, let it go. Choose today to go from resentment to praying for them. From wanting good, I mean from wanting evil to wanting good. And it's so freeing. So freeing because freedom is not found in holding on but in letting go. In a moment I'm going to say a prayer and then uh, we're going to, I'm going to show actually a short video. Um, so I got uh, my uh, slides a little out of order but we're going to show a short video and then uh, James is going to come and call for our offering and then we're going to sing Who You Say I Am uh, and then we'll have announcements after that. So why don't, we, uh, why don't we pray together and then I'll play this video for us. Father, thank you for forgiving us so freely. This is hard. Holy Spirit, empower us to choose to forgive, to let go so that we can receive forgiveness in turn. God, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.